The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. To the very first episode, I'm so proud to say, of my new podcast, Let's Talk, but not about politics, okay? I'm your host, Andrew Lenz. You might know me from another podcast called The Two Point Conversation, where I do the NFL history episode every Friday. But I was thinking about doing something new. Uh, I'm more than just football. I love all different types of things. I love toys, video games. I sound like a Toys R Us kid as I'm saying all this, but I just love a bunch of different things and I'm interested in pretty much everything. I mean, there's some things that I just don't like, but that's with everybody. And I just want to make a podcast where we talk about it, go over things, what's going on in the world, maybe do Sometimes do a little grind your gears type thing, you know, this is grinding my gears, I don't like this too much, but pretty much that's why I started this, is just to talk about everything going on, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world of toys, video games, everything, I mean, I have friends that do just amazing things also, and can give me some knowledge on things and you know that's what I want to do is I want to bring people on the show talk and get to know everything you know that's the great thing about podcasting and especially what I want to bring to this podcast is that I want to talk not argue not fight not name call but just you know talk And that's why it's let's talk, but not about politics, okay? Because we can talk about other things than politics. Let's just leave all that politic and media stuff off to the side. We don't need that. There's enough. There's way too much. And I just want to have fun, uh, maybe do some debates on, you know, stupid stuff. Not serious topics, but, you know, just talk about everything, you know? Just to get to know what's going on in this world. Uh, I will probably not be talking a whole lot about football because you can check out the two-point conversation for that one. But I will be talking about other things. Like I said, toys, video games. I'm a Toys R Us kid, once again. Um, You know, maybe looking into some comic books, everything else. I'm a big fan. I'm actually started to become a big fan of YouTube. Never was, but my kids got me hooked on it. So that maybe thing might be talking about on this as well is YouTube personalities. I want to talk about every topic pretty much other than politics. I do not want to get into politics because it's like I said before, too much of a divide on everything. But what I want to talk about today is, is the world of grading. Grading has started to consume everything in, you know, the, the collectible atmosphere. We're grading everything, um, pretty much. We started with 
sports cards or just cards in general, you know, just grading them, saying, oh, how is it cut? What's the condition of it? And everything else. And, you know, you send it off. They send it back and they say, this is how good it is. And now it's worth this much more. Which was cool, but I think it hurt the industry a little bit. I mean, not like card collecting was big after the market was flooded with everything else. But, you know, it hurt, it hurt the little guy in a way. And I think the little guy helps make collecting easier when it comes to certain things. Um, they don't have the most money to spend most of the time. I should know. I'm pretty much one of those little guys. Um, but I think grading did hurt the sports card collection a little bit. I mean, it is cool to get it graded and I can understand it because at least when you get it graded, you know where you stand. But sometimes it's just nice just to have the card. And then we started grading comic books. And, you know, okay, that's, we got to go that route. But once again, it, it hurts the little guy. Because now you're taking that comic book away and saying, okay, it's worth this much. When the little guy probably could have bought it. But now the little guy can't because somebody got super high graded on it or even a low grade can still even, you know, say, well, I got it graded, so let's, it's worth this amount of money. And I just find that nuts, you know. And plus two, once you get it graded, it's sealed. It's a comic book. Read it. We're not, it's not something that's supposed to be set up on a shelf or anything like that. I mean, a lot of people do do that, but it's a comic book. Don't you want to read it? Don't you want to know the story of it? I mean, that's the whole purpose behind getting yourself a comic is to immerse yourself into this other world, forget about your day, and just deal with these superhuman or any other type of problems. But you can't do that when you get it graded. And then you set it up on a shelf and you say, oh, look, I got this graded comic book. Do you know the story? Well, you know, I kind of know the story, as they would probably say, or something like that. But it's graded. It's a gem mint 10. But what about the story? Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Bob Kane, all these guys didn't write these stories for us to go get the comic books graded. And sit them on a shelf. They wanted us to enjoy it. The early Marvel has so much social issues in it that, you know, stuff like that and great stories. Here I go. I don't want to get too much into social issues, but it has great stories in it. I mean, these are what we're supposed to be using them for is the story. Would you buy a novel, go get it graded and, you know, put it on the shelf somewhere? I've not seen anything like that yet. I mean, but the story we need to be able to read the story and the most latest thing in grading is video games and i just think this is absurd even more than the other two because once again a video game is meant to be played and you have a company out there like wada games grading these games taking them off the shelf for what? 
once again, so you can put them up there somewhere and say, oh, look, look at it. I have this game. Yeah, but do you want to play it? No, I can't because it's in this hard plastic case now and I can't get to it. <clears throat> Excuse me on that cough, but, you know, that's what we got to look at nowadays is there's different types of values for these things. I'm looking at when I buy a card, a comic book, a toy, or anything, or a video game, I want to be able to use that for its intent. I want to be able to play the video game. Now, do I, I collect NES and Super NES games, and I don't really have, I mean, I got a decent collection, but I don't got anything rare, but even if I did, I would not get it graded. I want to play it. I want to enjoy it. I want to remember it. Because a lot of games I buy are not games that I had as a kid, but I wanted as a kid. And now I'm able to buy them and enjoy them. And I enjoy them with my kids. But what if I sent it away because I want to say, look at this. I got this Gem Mint 10 Tecmo Super Bowl. And put it on my shelf. But nobody can enjoy it. My kids love playing old Nintendo games. So if you do that, how does the next generation enjoy it other than staring at it? I mean, it makes no sense to me. I mean, you got NES black boxes, and those are the very first NES launch games that came out. And, you know, they were in black boxes. And when they first were doing the test market, they were only sealed with a sticker. And one of those sold, and it was graded, you know, like a 10 or something like that. And one of those sold for like half a million dollars. And it was a Mario Brothers. Cool. But can you play it? No. I, there's tons of other Mario Brothers out there, I know. But once again, can you play it? And the answer is no. So therefore, I don't see the point in it. Um, I mentioned toys on YouTube. I'm a big fan of the major wrestling figure podcast uh, with Matt Cordova and I forget. And Brian Myers, I believe that's Kurt Hawkins' real name. I'm going to use their real names, not their wrestling names, <laughs> like they do on the show. And I just find it amazing that they go into these stores and they buy these wrestling figures and they buy tons, hundreds of dollars of worth of wrestling figures. And then they rip them open. And you got Matt Cordova going, let them breathe, you know, because that's what they're there for is to be played with or even how he displays them. And they take this stuff and they do it. And that is the purity of the product that it comes down to. Is We need to start looking at this stuff as not collectible, money-making thing, but almost as something that we can pass down the experience to others or to a younger generation. Like I mentioned before, my kids play Nintendo games uh, my oldest son loves Generation Remake Transformers. We take them right out of the box. Uh, the, the remakes, though, but still, even if it was another one in a box, I wouldn't buy it in a box. I'd buy it, you know, just straight Lucy. Because the box is cool and all, but I want the toy. I want the experience of playing with the toy, and I want to share that experience with my kids when I do that.
And I think when you grade something and case it in plastic or just put it on a shelf, it's collecting dust. It's not being used for the intent it was used for. And I just find that insane. I mean, would you buy a microwave and leave it in the box? We, we need to really start getting back to the purity of what these things are. And it's cool that some people want to do this, but if we all started doing it, I just don't see how long this experience would last. I mean, do you want a museum or do you want to be able to play with this? And when you take this stuff, and I know some of it is an investment, but I cannot preach enough the experience. And that's pretty much what this is about, is taking older generation stuff and being able to present it to your kids, a niece, a nephew, some little kid down the street. I don't know. But showing them that this is what we had and here's your experience you can have with it. And it's great. And just getting them to see their eyes. You know, sometimes my kids play a game and they're like, this is horrible. These graphics are absolutely horrible. And I say, I know, isn't it great? Because that's what I remember. And I can remember being little Andrew sitting there playing a Nintendo game for the first time and my mind being just blown all over the place going, wow, life cannot get better than this. Plus two, when you play a Nintendo game, there's no load times. There's no load times when you play NES and Super NES. We don't have to worry about loads or downloads or anything like that <clears throat> because you just put it in. But we cannot just keep on casing stuff in plastic and grading things and asking off-the-wall prices for certain things just because you think it's rare or something like that. We need to start having experiences with this the way that they were intent. And that's pretty much what I want to get across in this whole episode is that I understand the grading system. It's good. It's cool if you're an investor. But overall, I think it hurts things. I think it hurts a lot of things. Because we need to be able to show things off, but also use them as the intent as what they were meant to be. And I just think that's what needs to start happening. I mean, even with WADA, <laughs> they got scammed. It was supposed to be a prototype game, and it was a fake prototype game. So even if that gets by them, and they're supposed to have experts to grade these video games, but if that gets by them, once again, what else is going to get by them? We need to start looking at things in a different realm, way, feature, and, you know, just enjoying them. Go to a local vintage store. I know where I live in Binghamton, we have Robot City that sells vintage video games of all sorts and also has an arcade in the back. And once again, I bring my kids there. 
And the arcade is a great experience because they're once again experiencing things that I did as a kid and I get to see how they feel about it in today's standards. But um, another one we have is Round, and they sell everything, all different types of vintage games and stuff like that as well. But that's the great thing is when you're looking at them, it's, I can take it home and play it. It's not encased in a giant piece of plastic with a number on the top. But I can play it. And that's what I want to get down to is that there's collectors out there that want to enjoy the game. And then there's people out there that I feel are just trying to make money off of the situation, which I understand. I understand, you know, you money makes the world go round in a certain way, but you know, just we I'm trying to put together words here on what else I got going on, but just look at everything into a capacity of not trying to encase everything into plastic or we'll go carbonite, go a little Star Wars reference there. And then nobody can touch it. Nobody can experience it. And it's just stuck somewhere. We cannot do that. I mean, you go to the Strong Museum of Play. You can play the old Atari 2600 games. Which is, it's it's fabulous. The graphics are horrible because it's like 1980-something with the graphics. but Or early 80s. But it's it's an experience. And I think we need to start getting back to more of an experience or finding the balance between the experience and the investment. And that's where it needs to come down to is we need to look at everything in the, you know, this collectible world in that capacity of just the balance. Cause I understand we're going to buy stuff. There's going to be people out there that are going to buy stuff for the investment. And there's people that are going to buy stuff for the experience. But it seems like we're going more towards the investment side of things and not to the experience. But as I wrap up here, you know, it's just a great thing to think about. What side of the fence do you fall on on this? And would you grade a video game? Or would you not grade a video game? Or is it just one of those toss-up questions that you're just not quite sure about? And that's something we all need to think about and everything else. Because another great one is, I did this, is as a kid I collected starting lineups. And they were the greatest thing in the world, I thought. I mean, I could not get enough of these starting lineups. As a matter of fact, I would sell my starting lineups. Or, I'm sorry, I would sell video games to Toys R Us to get Jeffrey dollars, which I would take over to our local car dealership. And I would take those Jeffrey dollars, and he would take them as straight cash to buy starting lineups. So I'm trading in this to get starting lineups. And I'm buying... Dumb starting lineups. I'm probably 13, 14 years old at this time. And I looked at it as the price with the investment, and they ended up being worthless. 
Mainly probably because I bought high and sold low, but still I kept them around because they're a lot of my favorite players. And now I sold off most of my lineups at a garage sale for ridiculously low price. And they're gone. Um, and a lot of them I opened up just so my kids could play with them. David Jenkins, don't get mad at me. Dave, don't get mad. He was my starting lineup collecting buddy there for many, many years. But, you know, it was something that I hung up on my wall. And once again, it collected dust. And I spent a lot of money on something that's going to collect dust. But when I opened up for my kids... They played with them. So we need to find our inner child in a way and play with these things. Get to know these things once again for the original intent. Because, like I said, I don't believe people like uh, Giro Miyamoto, who created Mario, intended his game to be encased in plastic and nobody plays it. Or Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Bob Kane... All these guys intended their great stories that they wrote, draw, and everything else to be encased in plastic. Or even a baseball card for a kid to be encased into plastic. Even though I could kind of see the baseball card in a way because you could still read the stats on the back, which was always cool. But once again, how do you put it in a cool binder to show all your friends? (laughs) But... That's what we need to just think about. Are you there for the experience? Are you more in for the investment? I know I'm more in for the experience. I'm not going to hate on you if you're more in for the investment. I'm not going to get mad at you. I understand where you're coming from. But I am just want people to know where I'm coming from on this. And that I'm in this for the experience and the memories that come up. And the memories that I've been making by, you know, letting toys breathe as I take them out of the box to let my kids play with them. Or just, you know, sitting down playing Nintendo with them. Or, you know, or looking at my old sports cards. I have a great collection of Dan Marino cards. But those are the only cards I got left because I got rid of most of them. Because, once again... Kind of in a way, bought high, sold low. But that's what we need to do. So, as I close out this, I just want to, you know, leave you guys with some parting words once again. You know, that's what this is about. Is just knowing what we're going to do. And think about when we buy something, what are we buying it for? Are we buying it for the investment? Are we buying it for the just the experience? And I cannot say that enough. And I'm going to leave you with a little quote. I'm going to try and do this at the end of every episode. little motivational giddy up, giddy up. Um, and this one's by John Wooden, a great head coach at UCLA. Uh, a lot of people may know him, a lot of people not. He coached men's basketball. And the quote is, and keep this in mind in your memory banks going through your day, good or bad. If you're not making mistakes, then you're not doing anything. 
I'm positive that doers make mistakes, and this is my very first podcast, and I gotta say, that's a very good quote to go out with, and kind of to think about when I did this, because I'm pretty sure I made a lot of mistakes and did a lot of rough things, but I'm glad I finally got this off and did it. Uh, once again, i like to say thank you to Matt Johnson of the Two Point Conversation, Retropop, the panel discussion, and that's what I got so far from him for his podcast. And, you know, he gave me this opportunity and he expi- uh, inspired me to do this. And I cannot thank him enough to give me the push and the inspiration to do this and to think about the quote, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not doing anything. And I'm positive that a doer makes mistakes. So... For the Let's Talk, but not about politics, okay podcast, my name is Andrew Lenz, and I am signing off, and I just want to say thank you for for my listeners, and thank you to everyone that has motivated me and inspired me to do this. Have a, we'll do a little Truman Show. Good morning, good afternoon. Or good night, whatever time it is. I'll talk to you later and hope you're going to have fun.